Hello, everybody. Welcome to To The Table, Lightning Round Edition, <laughs> as Alexis has work suit. Um, yep, 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 yep. Uh, this is going to be fun. We are continuing. I don't even know which week this is. We recorded this all out of order. This is week three. Week, Officially, this is week three. Week three. Uh, oh, yes, it is. It is. Um, we are going to be continuing our political dystopia month of January. Um Considering the news last night, it's definitely political dystopia month. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And the news that will assuredly come. Oh, God, yes. Oh, the debate. It's been a long month, Ugh. and it's been a long year. And I have to say, just really, um, fuck you, in a way, because, like, <laughs> this is... It's already been a long ass year, and we're not, we're barely halfway through this month. All of the you picked it, you honestly picked it to a T. Political dystopia <laughs> month, yeah, it's fucking a dystopia right now. Holy shit, the news! And you know what? With the the media shit that we dealt with last night, and we'll guarantee to continue to this night. Uh, I feel <laughs> like the stars aligned perfectly for the film I picked for you. Which was Network. Yeah. Uh, directed by Sidney Lumet. I don't know if it's Lumet or Lumet, but Lumet sounds fancy. Came out in 1976, so it tells you how shit the, <laughs> this has been for a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, real quick description of the film. Television will never be the same. <laughs> when veteran anchorman Howard Beale is forced to retire his 25-year post because of his age, he announces to viewers that he will kill himself during his farewell broadcast. Network executives rethink their decision when his fanatical tirade results in a spike in ratings. Um, I think it's pretty obvious as to why I gave you this film. Um, <laughs> um, you, well, you have um, uh, history. I don't know about... I, that's a bad word. You have experience. <laughs> you have experience uh, in news media. Mm -hmm. um, you've, 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 you have degrees in it. You've researched it. You've worked in it. I um, fucking live it every day. You, even you I'm live not in it every employed. day. You as well as me are obsessed. Um, this is why we're going to die at a very young age with the news. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're also both massively disappointed with it constantly. Mm -hmm. um, so was, uh, political dystopia myth. Yeah, this is a perfect film. <laughs> uh, so... What did you think of it? Oh, I thought it was a great film. Uh, and I think another reminder of why the 1970s um, were unbelievably predictive of uh, what society would be. Because in so many ways, a lot of the movies that came out of the 70s um, and anything from this movie to Taxi Driver um, pretty much nailed the culture and our media society that we live in. right? Our media obsessed society that we live in right now. Um, because I would imagine that the horrors that happen in this movie, which we should mention, it is a, a dark comedy in a way. A satire um, to a certain extent. Yeah. Yes, exactly. The horrors that happen in this film, um, I think at the time may have been, you know, I can imagine some people thinking, oh, this is unrealistic, that this would never happen. And here we are, you know, in 2020 and it's like, well, what do you mean? This happens every day. Um, like literally this happens every day and every hour. And clearly this movie speaks to both you and I, you know, <laughs> yeah. in terms of how we view, uh, the 
crap media um, that we have. And I say that, again, as somebody who went to journalism school. I went to one of the most I, – I went to uh, one of the one of the school's uh, top ten private – or one of the top ten private institutions in the country, um, which I never imagined myself going to private school. But, okay, that, that was an experience all unto itself. Um, and – there's just so many things to say about this. Um, but I think if we're going to start off um, at a place, I really love the film. I thought it was, you know, aside from, you know, uh, already having a setting which I can relate to and then obviously, um, you know, I like. I think this is a, a just a great film in terms of entertainment value. Oh, yeah. Um, because it is it does play as a satire for most of it. And you have Robert Duvall in here. You also have Faye Dunaway. Um, some of the Faye Dunaway plays one of the most low key vicious characters I've seen <laughs> yes. in a film. Holy crap! Um, this movie had me, um, and even then, the film, the ending, shocked me. But I shouldn't be shocked because, well, what else would I have expected? You know, you are the person that says that. Um, or you said once, and God forbid this ever happens, that if Bernie Sanders would have gotten the nominations, he would have, I don't know, been assassinated if this has happened. And clearly, uh, what we're seeing in the last 24 hours, he's being assassinated, you know, in terms of character stuff yeah, online. Character and, assassination, but Yeah, silly. character assassination. This is a, a different thing altogether. Um, I just, you know, you don't even have to be into news, I think, to you know, appreciate this movie. There are relationships, there are, you know, fascinating characters, but a lot of the stuff, um, like a lot of the films you pick for dystopia month are just, they, they, they verge on just surrealness because yeah, I, I already live this and this is supposed to be some kind of a fantasy version back in the seventies. Like what kind of a crap society do we live in? I'm sorry. I could go on so many tangents at this point, but <laughs> shit. We, and we picked the perfect time to record this episode. Didn't we? <laughs> the perfect time. Oh, well, because I, I think, um, the biggest issue that um me the media has pertaining to our country specifically is um the money incentive and and this is this is what usually when people satirize the media this is what they go after because it's not really about informing people it's about getting viewership it's a get, it's about getting eyeballs on their television or clicking that link to to read uh, what whatever article they wrote? Are we thinking of a particular example? Are we? Um, we might be. <laughs> that just broke. That you just know, yesterday. Broke. We might. That's be. being used to promote a debate that just so happens to be on today on a certain network. Oh. You know, you know, just some kind of bullshit. You know, gossip stuff that's on the news. Gossip you know? bullshit that literally means nothing, but that the news fucking craves. That they adore. That is their lifeblood. Um, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> but we're in a mood, guys. Just you know, just so you know. Yeah, it might get worse as the days go by. But Faye Dunaway very much um, represents that. Um, oh yeah, like yeah. to a T, just ruthless mm -hmm. business sense within the news industry. Um, and it's it's funny because you have like the the older I don't know which character it is but like the head of the 
Robert Duvall? The was he the one that was no 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 I don't think it was him who was like the head of the network. Oh, I I I'm sorry guys I don't have time to look up actors or old characters like, but I know exactly who you're talking about. He basically was the showrunner right for this. Was um, it Max this prime... Schumacher? Yes, I think it was him or Howard Beale. It's it's one of those two. Um, it's not Howard Beale. It's the other one. Okay, Max Schumacher. Okay, because Howard Beale is is the crazy guy. Yes. that, that okay. gets given a platform. Okay, so then it's Max Schumacher. Um, um, well. You would think he was like the bad guy. Um, what, going into the story, like he's the old-fashioned, old news guy cheating mm-hmm. on his wife with the young reporter, all that. But within the film, he's sort of just kind of like the last bastion of like old news media, where it was literally just by like we're here to deliver the facts, and that's our job. And you know, fuck viewership, fuck ratings, you know. That shouldn't be what it's about. That's our job. And um, Faye, Faye Dunaway, as Diana Christensen, is more of the um, the, the young blood, like, what news media would become and was becoming at that time. Um, if I can just chime in real quick, I think for people to understand exactly what happens, uh, the dichotomy here is we have uh, Schumacher who is trying to do a primetime news show. And throughout the course of the film, after Howard Beale has this fanatical rant. After Faye they're going to, te- yeah, they're going to fire him. Yeah. Faye Dunaway steps in and throughout the film successfully, mind you, again, spoilers, I guess, if you give a shit or not. Um, she successfully transforms the show from a primetime straight news program uh, into basically a fucking variety slash yeah, a variety show, a variety feature... rant show, where 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 you and come to get your daily dose of anger at what I don't know. It's not news, <laughs> and that that I mean clearly it's not. Um, the, the weird thing is, it, 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 imagine if somebody came in and transformed. Let's say, um, what's what's uh what's an anchor? I guess ABC News tonight, and they transform that into, um. I guess SNL in a way. See, you can say that, but that's basically what happened. Like, you know, all the primetime shows and all these news networks went from an anchor in front of a desk delivering the news or doing interviews to, uh, you know, a man in front of uh, a, a big blue, a big screen behind him as he screams and rants about whatever it is that he's going to scream and rant about to this day. And it's not just on, on the right, it's on the left as well. Um, but, I mean, you can run down the list of the people on the right, like Hannity, it was Bill O'Reilly. Um, who's that? J- Judge Janine Pirro. Um, the new guy they have that really hates Mexicans. I can't remember his name. I mean, that's a lot of people. Um, you can't really narrow that down, that network. Let's just yeah. be real about that. Uh, Levin, just any anyone that's on Fox News starting at around five, just going downward, like <laughs> till ten or eleven, those are your guys. And even on the left, you you got some people like that. Uh, ooh, what's well, you it? have MSNBC, which is basically you know this former progressive uh, home base is now the home base for corporates and neoliberals, and all they have down is propaganda. You have you know somebody like Chris Matthews. Yeah, I was going to say Chris last Matthews. Night, who just last night on the air said, uh, basically suggested not even he just said that Bernie Sanders 
would he asked John Kerry, the former Secretary of State, how much of a danger would Bernie Sanders be? All the while, the, the ridiculousness of a question like that, when you have somebody, a criminal, a corrupt, incompetent criminal in the White House right now. It's mask off. It, it really is. Um, all news became bias news and not even factually correct ones at that it all became about emotion because emotion sells if you tell a story people will listen to the story as long as it's over the top and full of emotion because you have to keep their attention that's why if you ever watch uh, a cnn or fox news or msnbc for longer than an hour you will have seen the breaking news banner about 20 fucking times um even though it's not breaking news it's it's it but it has to be urgent. It has to seem powerful. Every little thing. And and they know that these bigger, uh, more complicated issues that they should be dealing with are not easy to sell. So they sell the easy shit. Ooh, this candidate's talking smack about that candidate. Ooh, let's run... 50 stories on it all night long let's have a giant panel discuss the smack talking uh are we going to discuss the issues climate change any of that well no because this person smack talked another back person another person and it's only gotten worse over fucking time and you know what if this movie serves as an educational piece for people today because quite frankly so many people just do not understand maybe not so much in our age but in our parents generation they don't understand how manufactured this propaganda that is literally kind of you know ble i mean kind of and an ivy dripped into them um the corporate media, oh my, like, I will make a prediction right now. On the day of this recording, there will be a presidential debate. <laughs> Instead of asking um, substantive questions about the differences uh, in foreign policy, well, they might even ask that, but they're going to focus on superficial media things that are going to get more clicks. Senator Sanders is going to be asked a question about a bullshit anonymous story that was put on the network and they get you to believe in things and like this look uh, even in this one story that we keep harping on it gets so i feel uh representative of overall the media right like this this whole insinuation that sanders said this means uh that it was okay for another candidate to say it and then the media didn't scrutinize him the point is this right um, this movie just makes it so, uh, it didn't, it didn't need to be made so abundantly clear, but it's another reminder in my view, how far we have fallen. Um, and even in the movie, you know, talking about what happens throughout the course of the film, just look at the fanatical, um, effect that the Howard Beale show has on America. I mean, it, it was hilarious, but then also somehow creepy. Um, when, you know, when he has that rant about, you know, stick your head out the window and said, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Classic. And then the whole, and then, pe <laughs> right? And then people literally do that. And then, like, Faye Dunaway sees, holy shit, we can make some serious, not only make serious money, but damn, the influence and power this guy has, this has to be a primetime sensation. And I'll give her this. She's an effective television producer. 
but that might as well have marked the death of of uh, of news. If there ever was unbiased news, maybe there was at a point, but holy fucking crap. And I think and I say this even though I think most of the rants that Howard Beale was, you know, spewing out there I kind of agreed with at first um, about the whole bullshit, uh, you know, narratives and everything. But then, of course, one of the creepiest things that happens in this movie is while at while the show is at its peak and it's never been better, he gets called in by a an executive of the program who took offense because and I knew this was going to happen because the minute that Howard Beale attacked the fucking corporation that owns his show like the person in charge calls him in and because howard beale is a fucking lunatic um it's as if the voice of god um is the ceo and he sells him on this fucking right wing propaganda and then he he starts to do that on his show and of course the show fucking tanks entirely um and uh, it was kind of a scary analogy for how things are right now because we have these, you know, these uh, seemingly unbiased networks like CNN and MSNBC that are corporate owned and who will step in to kill stories and certain points of view that do not flow with the ideology of the, of course, capitalist owners. It, it's all about like. The slant with which news media holds is not necessarily a slant towards one singular ideology or singular people. It has everything to do with the corporate owners of said media. If it is within their interests to trash a certain politician, then they will do it. If it is within their interests to prop up a certain politician, then they will do it. If it's in their interest to run a certain story and push a certain narrative, then they'll push it. If it's not, then they won't. It has everything to do with making money in the corporate interests of the owners of said network. Um, that's where the bias lies. That's where where it, that's really where it is. It's all about the money. It's all about the money. Um. And that's how you're sold a bag of shit, basically, when it comes to news media. Um, but I think a lot of people feel like, oh, like, oh, the government controls the, the news media or, you know, such and such. You know, there's some big, scary organization that controls all the news or, or uh, news or news media organization, media, whatever. Um, but that's not true. Each of them is controlled by a corporation, and each corporation will work in its self-interest. Sometimes it is to prop up certain parties, certain politicians. Sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it's to do the opposite. Um, but it always goes back not to what is fact and what is fiction, uh, not what they believe the American people need to know, but what would make uh, their corporation... What is within the best interest of their corporation for the American people to know? And the best or example, not know. the best example of what you're talking about happened in this past decade. I, as I mentioned, and we've talked about this before, MSNBC used to be the home of progressives. That's how they fucking labeled themselves in a way, the place of politics. Um, when you had actual, you know, progressives like um, you know, Ed Schultz and people on the Keith Olbermann, and then of course, NBC Universal allowed that to happen. And keep in mind when that was happening. 
NBC News tried their damnedest to separate themselves from the personalities at MSNBC. So just so you know, that always existed. And then, of course, what happened? Oh, yeah. Comcast came along and purchased NBC Universal. And what we have right now is all of those progressive voices have been eradicated from the network in favor of and e even as someone like Rachel Maddow Rachel Maddow changed a lot the difference in her program is night and day from what it used to be back in 2012 oh my god even Lawrence O'Donnell it's like you can only rock the boat so much and that happens because of corporate interests it's not Bernie Sanders is an example of a candidate who is Re repulsed uh, by these people and the idea that corporations and their bosses have no such influence on what their paper or what their news network prints or talks about is foolhardy at best. I mean, it's pretty telling that it's become almost commonplace for MSNBC to try to scoop up former Fox News employees as they leave the network. We just had a story break like, yesterday that Shepard Smith is on his way into MSNBC. And it's like, I Shepard Smith is far from the worst um, <laughs> in individual news anchor whatever out there um but don't don't pretend as if you're like this this bastion of the left um anymore by by trying to hire individuals such as this because you're not you're not um and by the way i have nothing wrong against people who are like yeah i am biased i am slanted i am this i am that because everyone is I think that's natural, and I think if people were actually just upfront about what they believe, um, we would have a much clearer picture of what they were saying, what they were trying to say. There would be more trust within the news media. And my my issue is always that you present the facts as they are. I think it was mentioned on the Rising show um, with Sagar and with Crystal Ball last week that over 75% of the American public believe that all news media is fake news. Now, that isn't just because of the fake news attack that Trump popularized. The fact of the matter remains is the American public has grown massive resentment and distrust with media for a long time now. See, this is the problem with Donald Trump, too. This is why he's so poisonous and effective is because there are genuine are you saying issues. that Donald Trump is toxic? I thought that was Bernie's role in the election. Oh, it's OK. They both hate women. Um, OK. <laughs> apparently, according to the news media, um, he usually hits on key issues that actually are a problem. Like, that are a real problem. News media is a real problem within the, within the United States. But then he makes it beyond difficult to actually have a discussion on that. Because he just, like, freaking throws up glitter, yells fake news every time they somewhat criticize him. And then you have idiots that come out and go, like, well, you know, there is issues with the news media, so maybe he has a point. Like, no, he doesn't have a point. He... He has zero point. He's just mad that people said anything negative about him. He has no actual criticism of the media. He just wants them to give him glowing stories constantly. And, and there is a point to be made. 
right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is a point to be but made. It's, it's, but it's as if I got into like... to suggest like, that President... I'll put it this way. It's as if I got into like freaking crazy drunk and then drove my car into an Arby's. <laughs> and then I started lambasting the police um you know for their unfair practices and da 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 and it's like well yeah the police aren't perfect but you are clearly in the wrong here and you're making it impossible to have this discussion you you got drunk and drove into an arby's like shut the fuck up and and that's basically what trump does and he does it constantly and it becomes impossible to 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 have these real discussions on these real issues that really need attention, especially now more than ever. Um, especially because we're at, it's much more easy, easier to influence people because of it. And then it becomes much easier for those in power to just bury their head in the sand and, and take any, say any criticism of said media, oh, you sound just like Trump. And, you know, any criticism of how the party might run, oh, you sound just like Trump. And it's easy for them to, again, just like Trump, throw up glitter and be like, la, 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 la. Um, all I see is uh, Trump in sheep's clothing. I, we, were spo- we were supposed to be talking about a movie, weren't we? <laughs> well, we are. We are we talking are. about we're a movie. We're, we're talking themes. about why this... We're talking about why... We're talking about what the movie is talking about. I mean, just real quick, uh, Howard Beale, the actor, I think Peter Finch says here, Mm -hmm. amazing performance. Uh, His rants are great. His rants are great, though, specifically. Oh, yes, they are. They made me laugh. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I love how they really just don't cut. They just keep the camera on him and they just let him fucking go. Yeah. Go. Because it, it, I think that's almost like a, um, a distinctive technique where you feel like you're the audience at home just watching him, you know, mm-hmm. sitting on your couch in, in he like you're actually there within that universe, him yelling at you through the television screen and you're living that. Um, that felt a bit deliberate to me. And I thought that was that was great. That was great filmmaking. It's a well-made film. It's a really well-made film. Oh, yeah. Um. Faye Dunaway, uh, <laughs> villain of the year. <laughs> She's scary good. She's scary good. Um, also because you, it's hard to blame her. I mean, to a certain extent, you can, especially when it comes to the ending. But it's like, well, <laughs> well, I mean, yes, I, I, you probably the movie spends most of the time trying to, you know. It's almost screaming at you, trying to say this fact about this character, but only at the very end is it made entirely clear. Um, what is what a goddamn sociopath! Oh yeah, completely, complete. And it's like when this was made, it was the nineteen seventies, right? So it's like, well, you know, corporate woman in a very man-driven arena. It's the 70s, you know, there's little to no respect for women. Um, you, you know, you kind of have to be twice whatever a man is. Um, you know, if, you, if, if, if a man is a certain level of tough, you got to be twice that. If a man at, at that position is a certain level of viciousness, you got to be twice that. So for me, she always garnered, a, especially within the beginning of the film, there's a certain level of empathy in which like, um, 
society made you this way not to get all joker memes here but it's like if, if you're a woman in this position at this time period like you have to go hard or go home like that's the way it is and then that's why i, I always had some level of sympathy towards hillary clinton because i think similarly that's that's the way it was with her although um, she makes it hard to really sympathize she makes it hard days. but I, I i do believe that's what a lot of it is um um, but then you get to the end and it's like, <laughs> I, she's just a full blown <laughs> sociopath. <laughs> yeah. And I think, uh, that, that makes it for a hell of an ending because, okay. So what we're talking about here is, okay. So the ratings are in decline. The obvious thing would be to cancel the show, but the CEO made a special request that he wants this program on. And so they're in a bind. And uh, Faye Dunaway has this amazing idea. Oh, let's just kill him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And then, you know, the first reaction you'd think would be, what the fuck? Are you psychotic? No, the first reaction is, um, are we sure nothing's being recorded right now? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then everybody is just like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's like, and then you got to do it. And then he's killed. And then the movie ends. <laughs> and it's what <laughs> it's one of the craziest endings like it came out of left field but then in a way it always it almost always was going to build up to that but it, it it is making a very powerful point but holy crap they just fucking killed them just the callousness <laughs> through which they came to that decision of like oh the ratings are low you know <laughs> <laughs> and then, she, and then, in the meeting when they're discussing, you know, the assassination, she even said, "I mean, the murder would make for a hell of a season finale." <laughs> you and know, I'm reminded. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. And it's like this is exaggerated, um, but not really, because no. we often talk about how um, we we view the Donald Trump presidency as a television show. Um, and we do it as a joke, but I guarantee you these networks don't. They like they view um, you know <clears throat> issues between him and as Iran as like, oh shoot, this is a great story. Um, how do we pump this up? How do we look at different angles? Um, I can't stand what it. What is the story honestly, that we can I, sell on this? I avoid those mm -hmm. because I, I, the way that the CNN and MSNBC treats these Iran stories. They act as if the president is of able, able mind and body. They act as if the president knows a damn thing about Iran. Like the way that this president should be covered is he's a fucking joke and he's a moron because it's so fucking obvious. And really? If you don't think these networks like aren't vying for a war to happen, you're out of your damn mind because they know we get into a conflict if there's explosions if there's dead bodies if there's anything to this ratings matter, ratings ratings, ratings yay! flying through the roof it disgusts me i think it was the first time that uh the president ordered a nuclear not a, sorry uh, a <laughs> the first time he ordered, ordered a nuclear <laughs> ordered a missile strike uh, on some iranian air base back mm -hmm. in uh or maybe it was a syrian maybe it was a syrian air base in his uh -huh. first year as president um, and Brian Williams on MSNBC was just gushing. Oh my God! Look at the fireworks! Look at the look at the lights and the amazing might of our military! And you just think to yourself, Do you hear yourself? You are you are gushing about weapons that are going to kill people in a matter of seconds or minutes. 
like what I've, I've never heard these news anchors just like um to be fair uh what the one with glasses um from msnbc keith alberman no 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 the new one chris hayes chris hayes i think chris hayes like He's. I think he's probably the best one at, at MSNBC. He's currently. the only one that said that a that a war with Iran is is pointless. Is and he said it's like like this isn't a joke. Like this is yeah ludicrous. Like we can't do this shit. Um, which thank God, you know, someone's you have, trying to be the someone, adult, right? Yeah, he's um, on a prime time TV show, so that's you know something. Uh-huh. Um, but so many people like they, you, it's disgusting here that they almost relish the idea and it's like, oh, okay, you know, we, we have troops here, you know, what would a war with it? What would that entail? Um, you know, this or that, you know, they love getting into the bloody details of everything that has to do with these conflicts because they know with these conflicts, people get scared. So they turn on the news and then they watch and they watch people in a, in a little table um, go back and forth, back and forth, pumping up uh, guns and war and blood and pumping that shit up to no end. Um, like, I've never seen, uh, like, a president do a strike, like the one uh, Trump did, I think, it was, like you said, I think it was Syria. And then the news media just lambast him for how, you know, this isn't, you know, this go, this is illegal. This isn't the normal protocol. We shouldn't be doing this. It's always pumping up the military, always pumping up conflict. Very few times have I seen um, genuine worry about going too far in any sense, in any manner. Um, they give a lip service to it constantly because they need to maintain this faux-centrism that they have, that they give equal opportunity to both sides. But, I mean, the reality is the majority of the time, war equals ratings. That Why do you... If the news media were doing their job, we wouldn't still be in the endless conflicts that we are in across the world. If they were doing their job, we never would have gotten them, gone into them in the first place. People would have questioned heavily this insistence of WMDs. Um, no questions of how do you pay for a war. No questions. No one ever asked. No anchor has ever, ever asked. On how we're are we gonna pay for this war? How are we gonna pay for that war? How are we gonna pay with these other several conflicts that we have across the fucking globe? But you know how many endless, endless discussion about like, well, healthcare, you know, how are we gonna pay for it? I don't think we can afford it. Are Bernie it. Sanders' <sighs> policies realistic? Think, yeah, they, how know, many times has that question been asked at a debate? Like literally every debate, there's a question like Bernie Sanders is being unrealistic. Do you agree or disagree? Attack him. That's every fucking question. And in almost in an on an almost yearly fashion, we, like we give more and more and more and more money to the military, more to conflicts, engage in more around the world. No one, no one, no one asks about a price tag. No, no one. one asks, and both parties vote for it. Both parties vote for it, no including Elizabeth asked. Warren. Like even well, some of the except most- for one person. Except for one person, who would that be? Not Tulsi Gabbard. I think she actually voted for it. Bernie Sanders. Like, and I mean, there's no coverage. I mean, just, I just feel that this movie and overall my issue is, 
it, it, it shows how quickly society is disintegrating without the role of nuance or, you know, the, the actual details that go along with what's happening here. You know, this whole Iran situation, Trump obviously getting the bulk of the attacks because no shit. He almost began nuclear war here, mm-hmm. but no coverage to Nancy Pelosi or the Democrats that pulled out amendments from the recent military budget, which they didn't even have to vote for, but they did. But they took out amendments that would prevent a situation that happened that Trump was allowed to do in the first place. And no scrutiny on these people that allowed this to happen. Nancy Pelosi and these Democrats that allowed this are just, I think, as um, they should deserve some of the blame. Of course, they weren't idiotic enough to actually attack fucking Iran, but they facilitated the power for him to do so. Um, I, and how many times has the media mentioned that? Not once. I would of say course. the majority of the reason with which why the, the media has attacked Trump is because he's so he's more incompetent than George Bush. George Bush at least sold the country for about a year about how dangerous Iraq was. It was constant propaganda day in and day out. They sold them and sold them. And this by the way, if you're not this aware, that was a complete lie. Oh, it yeah. was a complete lie. Complete lie about the WMDs and all of that. Um, but Donald Trump and his administration didn't even try to sell you on, the, on, on this conflict. Um, they just did it. And then afterwards, they're just kind of scrambling to be like, well, you know, uh, he was an imminent threat. Uh, um, it doesn't matter if he was or not. The point is we we killed a terrorist. And it's like, OK, there's plenty of dangerous people around the world that we don't kill for good reason, because killing them would only spark more death than might be necessary or push back relations with countries that we desperately need to fix. Like uh the um the iran deal probably the greatest deal uh made by u.s president in like a long ass time it was a a fucking peace deal and again to me it was the crowning jewel of obama's presidency it might as well have been it might as well have been but you know what what's not been in, in discussed in these reports that have happened the last two weeks that he pulled out of it, that he is the reason we're in this mess, that he's the one that puts sanctions on them, that he's been antagonizing them through Twitter. And my mom even said when she saw this, why aren't the networks blasting 24-7 that amazing video of Trump criticizing Barack Obama back in 2014 about goading us into a war with Iran? And like Donald Trump, there was a video of him saying like he will do that to get reelected. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, he. this is an election year, by the way, people. Right. And not only is it election year, but he's getting impeached. impeached. And everything. So, like, the thing is, if the media was doing its fucking job, like, they should make it abundantly clear what the damn answers are, you know? And my endless and fucking endless frustrations with these people, they are, they're, they're doing the country irreparable harm irreparable harm and it goes beyond just you know ideology or party allegiances which i have none at this point by the way um damn the democrats for their endless stupidity um but the blatant disregard for the truth and the fact that um these people 
not only do not see themselves as an educational role for the country, but they go, do, I mean, take it upon themselves to just spread blatant lies. Yesterday, I mean, this whole thing with Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, here's the reality. Her team leaked a story to get attention and to damage Sanders by calling him a sexist. And not once is it even brought up. Hey, maybe the Warren people did this on purpose. Because you know what? They're losing. Like, at, at any point, is that notion going to be entertained when you, as a major news network, break a story on four anonymous sources literally three weeks before the first voting happens on a meeting that took place in December of 2018 and only just now are we talking about it? Like, it is so blatant. It's funny. I feel like... um these political dystopia buns basically turn into an episode of social soto if that's ever happening but you know what this may be a this may be a good i don't know pilot tryout for for it look which we just yell about politics i mean it is by design of course these movies in some in many ways are meant to spark these discussions so i think our discussions here i feel are indicative of how good the movie is Mm -hmm. and i mean if if there's i mean it, it these were these are being inspired by what we're seeing on screen. I, I think this film was terrific. I thought it was great. I think I had a great time with it. Loved it. I cannot recommend it enough. And I feel more people should watch it. Please go watch Network. What an amazing film. I think you agree 100%. I agree 100%. I think it's a really well-made film. Um, it's one of those films that I think from like the 70s and 60s, you know, older films, uh, films today are at a much faster pace. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Much, much faster pace. Um, but with this film, <laughs> even the though- The Skywalker. Oh, <laughs> uh, God, yes. It, it just feels like the whole movie's running the entire time. Um, this film, even though it's it's very much of the 70s, slower pace, takes its time with its characters and all that, um, it, I, it's one of those that I'm never bored. Like, it, it's one that very much is always moving. It's always interesting. Um, the characters definitely captivate you from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of those where I think you could release this shit in theaters today and it'd still be damn effective. Um, oh yeah on the audience um it, it's i think it's it really speaks good. to how relevant it is that i could imagine the movie being made the exact same way today and it being a hit yeah yeah it, it's it's really good really well directed like i said uh the relationship between um i found that actually really interesting faye dunaway and uh, max Sh- uh schumacher schumacher um that was yeah, really was, interesting, was interesting and it's yeah. it's one i haven't necessarily seen before but yeah overall um i of course really love the film that's why i shared it with you um yeah. great great pick i mean you you i'll tell you this you really know how to pick them <laughs> i tried I, I, I give it thought I, I, I give it thought as far as the show is concerned i can't recall a movie that we've done you and i that i haven't liked um yeah um, well there's there's one I'm thinking of, but that we haven't reviewed that. Ooh, yeah. ooh. There's one you really <laughs> didn't like? I wouldn't say that. That's a bit extreme. That I mean, that would that would mean the film had an effect on me. Um, Damn. One way or the other. Um, so I, wait, which month not, is it? Which month is it? Just tell me. That's not for me to say. And I didn't even say it was tied to the show. So. Oh, okay, okay. 
I thought it was like one no, that we were no, going to record. No, no, not that. Not, no. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Or it could be. It could be, but I don't. Yeah. I don't think. Uh, who knows? Maybe in the future. <laughs> um, that was our show. Um, yeah, for this month, <laughs> it seems like we're kind of using the show as an outlet for a lot of political talk. Um, but it, it it's it's based on what the the film stirs up in us and our emotions and um, how it feels relevant still today. So we like using a lot of uh, examples from today. Um, next week is Dread. Yes, I will be with discussing Kyle Lira. Dread with Mr. Kyle Lira. And then um, the following week, I believe I'm back with you and we're doing V for Vendetta. V for Vendetta. Um, and again, no, I mean, that's another film that's perfect for the month. <laughs> Perfect yeah. discussion. And actually, yes. there's there's a lot of um, interesting stuff I want to get of, like, um, behind the scenes. Not necessarily behind the scenes, but, like, with um, Alan Moore, who wrote it, and, you know, his original graphic novel compared to the film, and how different they are, and how come he hated it, and why I still like both. There, there's some extra little discussions I want to get into with that, um, which will be really fun, especially because um, I would argue the film and he argues this too, that's why he had issues with it, that the film had very different um, political messages than his original graphic novel did um, so I think that'll be fun and interesting um, so yeah, thanks for uh, before we oh, go, oh, yeah, before, go I want to I want to plug this, We're, we are going to, on Red Spotlight, I mean we also are going to have a, a month long coverage, or wall to wall coverage of the uh, awards season oh, our next no. podcast our next podcast will be talking about the Academy Awards. And as you can imagine, I have a lot. I have a lot to say about the Academy Award nominations. I'm slightly more positive. Um, mm-hmm. There is some nice things I like in there. Just um, wait. Just wait. I made I made a whole list of did things you, that Do you I have hated. pages worth of sh- notes? I mean, I can show you. Oh, my gosh. This is just page one. Holy so, shit. That's going to be a fun show. Uh, when we do that so uh, we are covering the Oscars and the movies and uh, as far as actual reviews for films like Parasite so if you like our discussions there are many more outlets for you to hear us whether it be on Red Spotlight or Bond and Beyond where uh, Peter is reviewing the entire James Bond franchise yeah I'm so. retiring the entire I'm reviewing the entire James Bond franchise retiring the James Bond franchise <laughs> hopefully I'm retiring the James Bond franchise it's a lot I'm two episodes in and it's just, I, I think I'm losing my mind. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Luckily, yeah. I think I'm going to get into, like, I'm at the point now where I'm going to get into the more interesting. Uh, the first ones were good, but interesting by, I mean, like, they're wildly different, and some of them are pretty bad, and some of them are pretty weird. It is a um, unique franchise. Yeah, it's a really weird franchise, because literally every film is a remake of the last. Um yeah. And it just keeps changing slightly different things every time. It's it's funny. It's interesting. And there's so much and then of course Kyle brings his his infinite uh James Bond knowledge to the table as well. Um so check that out if you hate yourself. Um <laughs> yeah. this has been to the table. Sorry, Social Soto in which we discuss uh <laughs> everything going on in the today of politics um catch you next time bye